Hi, I'm Stephen Kotowicz. Welcome to Tesla, The Life and Times. Episode Zero, Introductions. I want to tell you a story. It's a story of America in the late 19th century, the Gilded Age. It's a story of New York City before the automobile, before the endless neon of Times Square, when the city that never sleeps still relied on horses and candles and gaslight. It's a story of Mrs. Astor's famed 400, the original 1% of America's high society set, the kind of men and women who wore white tie and tails or long-trained evening gowns to dinner. It's a story of robber barons, of industry, and of inventions that would change the world. And it's the story of one man, one inventor in particular, Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla has, especially in recent years, acquired something of a folk hero status, especially around the internet. In 2003, Elon Musk founded his revolutionary electric car company using Tesla's name. In 2012, the comic strip The Oatmeal ran a hugely successful crowdfunding campaign to purchase and preserve what remains of Tesla's laboratory complex at Wardenclyffe. And, of course, there are any number of websites, fringe and otherwise, devoted to Tesla's inventions, including his famed wireless energy transmission system. But despite all this, there's actually very little that most people, even fans of Tesla's work, know about the man, his life, and times, beyond what you might find on the Wikipedia page about him. If people know Tesla at all, it's usually for inventing alternating current and helping to electrify the modern world. Or they know that he had a lot of phobias and was obsessive-compulsive. Or that he loved pigeons. To help correct this, and to celebrate his life, his inventions, and his legacy, I've put together this podcast. My plan is to release a new episode twice a month, and maybe slightly more often if I can manage it. I've been trying to come up with an estimate of how many episodes I might need to tell this story, and so I know just exactly what I'm getting myself into, but I've kind of given up. I thought maybe 50, then I thought maybe 60. But there's so much material to get through, and truthfully, a number of topics may warrant a couple of episodes, the War of the Currents being a good example. We'll also occasionally step back from Tesla to talk about other events and other people in the same era that related to him and his work. It is called the Life and Times podcast, after all. So, who knows how long I'll be at this. Basically, if you keep listening, I'll keep podcasting until our time with Tesla is at an end. I'm planning to avoid, as much as possible, too much discussion of the overly technical aspects of Tesla's work. It's not the stuff that I geek out on, and I don't pretend to understand it all 100% anyway. To paraphrase Dr. Leonard McCoy, I'm a podcaster, not an engineer. No, you're an engineer. And in most cases, knowing in general about a particular invention or innovation will be enough. We're really interested in the effects the technology had on society and not on the nitty-gritty of the technical specs. I'm aiming for each episode to be generally in the 20 to 30 minute range, although I probably will break that very shortly with some of the first episodes in this series. I, for one, listen to podcasts as I commute to the office, and I want to make their lengths as commuter-friendly as possible. In addition to Tesla, I'll be throwing in some general historical facts and figures about what was going on in the rest of the world at the same time that Tesla is off doing his thing. 
It can sometimes be hard to remember, or it is for me anyway, that lots of momentous things in history overlap one another, or that famous people lived through major historical events that they had nothing to do with. Did you know that Mozart was still alive and composing in Vienna while the American Revolution was taking place? For some reason, I find that crazy. I'm also aiming to have episodes recorded far enough in advance that if something in real life comes up and I have to miss a week or two of working on the podcast, and I have two little kids under the age of five, so things are going to come up, I can ensure that there won't be huge delays while you wait for the next episode. I personally hate that when it happens to my favorite podcasts. That's all well and good, you're probably thinking to yourself. Sounds interesting. But who exactly is this Steve guy? And why should I trust him to tell me anything about Tesla? Did Steve tell you that? <laughs> What's he got to do with it? What kind of rapping name is Steve? Steve. Well, I'm an award-winning author, as well as an editor by profession. I'm a lifelong fan of Tesla and have read far too much about him, so I thought I should put it to some use. I've also published a novella involving Tesla as a character. It's an alternate history murder mystery. And I'm currently at work completing a novel, which, fingers crossed, should be finished by the end of 2017, focused on the secret history behind the real-life friendship of Nikola Tesla and Mark Twain. Before all that, I completed a master's degree in the history of science and technology at the University of Toronto. My grad studies were where I first encountered Tesla in a serious way, as an offshoot of research into the history of the early recording industry in the United States, and what is perhaps the earliest format war between the Edison phonograph and the Berliner gramophone. If you're curious about the differences, and, <laughs> and hey, who wouldn't be, just drop me an email. So with that background, I think I can present a well-researched, factually grounded history of Tesla's life and works, one that lauds the man for his actual achievements, but one which also won't shy away from his failings and shortcomings, as so many Tesla biographers do. And hopefully, I can do it in a compelling way that keeps you listening. After all, I've kept you listening this far, haven't I? Don't misunderstand, this won't be a hatchet job. But Tesla is a far more complex and nuanced historical figure than he's often given credit for. Most portrayals of him are caricatures of one kind or another. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. And while I'm as guilty as anyone of using him in my fiction as the kind of sci-fi super genius we've come to expect, it also means that I'm absolutely fascinated by Tesla's real life, and I'm desperate to tell people about the man behind the myth. Tesla was a deeply human, and yes, deeply flawed, character, who led an incredible life. His story deserves to be told honestly, without hype or mythology, so that everyone can appreciate this underrated genius. There are several books that do this, and many that don't, but this will be, to my knowledge, the first podcast aimed at doing so. And I find that really exciting. This is my first stab at podcasting, so bear with me as I find my feet. Hopefully things will come together quickly. And though this is my first podcast, I have ideas for others. So if this one works out and you like it, who knows? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So with the introductions out of the way, let's cast our minds back to Manhattan in the Gilded Age, to the summer of 1894, where the New York World newspaper declared of Tesla... Every scientist knows his work, and every foolish person included in New York society knows his face. 
Tessel was tall, thin, and serious by nature. His head was wedge-shaped with a pointed chin, a small mouth, and pale eyes. He loved poetry and pigeons. He valued hard work and felt that marriage and love would interfere with success. He was fascinated by the human mind, but distrusted the claims of mental telepathy or spiritualist phenomenon so in vogue at the turn of the century. He had helped perfect alternating current, had electrified the World's Fair in Chicago. He had helped harness Niagara Falls as the greatest electrical generating station the world had yet seen. His insights into electrical power and its distribution made possible, it's no stretch to say, everything that we take for granted in the modern industrialized world. Illumination at the flip of a switch, radio, television, computers, your smartphone, everything, right down to the technology that makes this podcast possible. And yet for much of the 20th century, the name of Tesla was all but forgotten by the public at large. Everyone knows Thomas Edison's name and knows that he invented the light bulb. But why was the man most responsible for the technology that powers the light bulb not as well known? We can see evidence of his accomplishments every time we pass high-tension overhead power lines. The great steel skeletons of those transmission towers stand in mute witness to Tesla's genius, that power could be transmitted vast distances if alternating and not direct current was used. So what happened? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. So much of what we think we know about Tesla is based on rumor or tall tales has been foisted on Tesla's memory by mystics or charlatans, or is just the most sensational aspects of a life which was already a remarkable and noteworthy one without any embellishment. There are many, many websites out there that will explain with breathless outrage and often questionable grammar how big business, usually J.P. Morgan and or George Westinghouse, conspired to suppress Tesla's free energy technology, or how the U.S. government confiscated Tesla's secret papers from his private safe the day after his death and has used them to secretly build everything from death rays to flying saucers. The truth, however, isn't out there. Rather, it's in the very real and very human details of Tesla's life work, and personality. And bringing these facts to light and to life is why I'm doing this podcast. Though no one could know it, by the summer of 1894, Tesla's best years as an inventor were behind him. He had arrived in the United States a decade earlier, a penniless immigrant like so many others. Unlike so many others, however, Tesla enjoyed a meteoric rise to success by virtue of his genius and insight in the electrical field such that the Electrical Engineer magazine in London proclaimed, No man in our age has achieved such a universal scientific reputation in a single stride as this gifted young electrical engineer. Yet in the decade after 1894, Tesla faltered. He continued to invent, but his focus switched to a scattergun variety of projects, and to his ultimate dream of the wireless transmission of power and information through the Earth. Though confident that his system would work and that millions of dollars would soon materialize to bankroll him, they never did. Competitors began to surpass him, taking ideas that Tesla had dabbled in or mused upon and turning them into practical realities, as Guillermo Marconi did in 1901 
when he broadcast across the Atlantic using radio technology that would later be found to have at least partially infringed on certain of Tesla's patents. By 1905, Tesla was out of financial backers, saddled with failing equipment, and he suffered a nervous breakdown from which he and his work would never truly recover. Ten years ago, if public opinion in this country had been required to name the electrician of greatest promise, one contemporary lamented, the answer would, without doubt, have been Nikola Tesla. Today, his name provokes, at best, regret that so great a promise should have been unfulfilled. Though he lived until 1943, Tesla died in virtual obscurity. During his own lifetime, he'd become a fringe character in the engineering profession. His outlandish claims of contact with Martians, or plans for a death ray, led colleagues to distance themselves from him, and cast a pall over his very real and substantial past accomplishments. He publicly rejected the scientific revolution that was Einstein's theory of relativity, clinging stubbornly to the theory of the ether and all-pervasive medium between the planets and the stars. I hold that space cannot be curved, he said, for the simple reason that it can have no properties. Of properties we can only speak when dealing with matter filling the space. To say that in the presence of large bodies space becomes curved is equivalent to stating that something can act upon nothing. I, for one, refuse to subscribe to such a view. Tesla also disagreed with the Rutherford-Bohr model of atomic structure arguing that there was no such thing as an electron creating an electric charge. He believed that if electrons existed at all, they were some fourth state of matter that had nothing to do with electricity. He believed atoms immutable, that they could not change state or be split in any way. Needless to say, such beliefs put him well out of step with developments in physics in the early years of the 20th century, and left him very much on the outside looking in when it came to the mainstream of scientific thinking. In later life, he would hold court for journalists each year on his birthday, furnishing them with sensational headlines and reliable copy by boasting of his plans for revolutionary technologies and other outlandish claims. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Each idea seemed always perfected in Tesla's mind and was ready to be put in production if only a source of funds could be found. But none ever came and these performances did nothing to rehabilitate his reputation as a serious scientist. There are no conspiracies holding back Tesla's last great works. Rather, it was the particulars of Tesla's life, including struggles with various forms of mental illness, that contributed to him being largely forgotten. Tesla is rightly termed by W. Bernard Carlson, one of his most recent and very best biographers, as a, quote, idealist inventor. Having identified the ideal behind an invention, Tesla was willing to write it up as an article or patent, and he delighted in demonstrating it to the public. However, Tesla wasn't interested in the nitty-gritty work of converting his inventions into profitable products, much to the ongoing consternation of his friends and colleagues. This stands in stark contrast to Tesla's one-time employer and long-time frenemy, Thomas Edison, who we'll meet again later in this series. Edison, unlike Tesla, actively hammered out problems at the workbench, aided by a large number of assistants, and he was mostly uninterested in the underlying principles so long as his inventions worked. He was also a skilled businessman and self-promoter, which is in no small part 
why children know his name, and why a light bulb appearing over someone's head has become cultural shorthand for inspiration, a literal bright idea. And as an idealist inventor, Tesla was frustrated that ordinary people didn't grasp the principles underlying his inventions. He resorted instead to showmanship to convince them of their value. To get a sense of the groundbreakingness of Tesla's many demonstrations, I think that for us looking back from the vantage point of the 21st century, it might be most helpful to think of them as something akin to the very best of what Steve Jobs could do when launching a new Apple product for the first time. Tesla, like Jobs, would wow the crowd with the technical possibilities of his inventions. Tesla was famous for summoning ball lightning and holding it in his hands during such demonstrations, or running 250,000 volts through his body until surrounded by a nimbus of electric fire to prove that alternating current was safe. This would, again like Jobs, leave the crowd believing that Tesla's inventions would change the world. It was through these demonstrations, as well as technical papers and newspaper interviews, that Tesla captured the imagination of both the public and the entrepreneurs who would purchase and develop his inventions. This, too, is one of the threads of what I want to explore in this podcast, the idea of invention as the product of a lone genius fighting against the status quo. There are many who would draw parallels between the Gilded Age of the late 19th century and our own era, and I think in particular the Gilded Age's fascination with inventors and invention, and the celebrity status that they enjoyed, has much to teach us about our own era's valorization of the startup, and the usually one or two guys who started these billion-dollar enterprises from a garage or a dorm room. Think about it. How many movies and books have there been about the genius of Steve Jobs? There was an Oscar-nominated movie about the creation of Facebook, and surely you all know the name Mark Zuckerberg. And then there's Larry Page and Sergey Brin, who invented Google, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, who started PayPal, Jeff Bezos, who started Amazon, and on and on and on. We could swap out the names Tesla and Edison and Marconi and the Wright brothers, and on and on and on, and be having almost the same conversation about the cult of the celebrity inventor in the Gilded Age. As we'll see, Tesla's breakthroughs were remarkable, yes, but there were others working in the same vein at the same time, particularly around the idea of AC power distribution. Tesla wasn't the first one in AC. He didn't invent it, despite what you may have heard. And he didn't just hand off George Westinghouse the perfect refined plans for AC power distribution one day. Tesla built off what others were doing, and once he had his basic ideas patented, others took those ideas and refined them and dare I say it, improved upon them. So if we believe in the outlandish promise of Tesla's inventions, or we believe him a Superman, or, as one online video so memorably put it, the electric Jesus, then it is in some part because that's what Tesla the showman tried to convince us of, at least to some degree, during his own lifetime. And it's also a project undertaken by most of his subsequent biographers. In the course of this podcast, I'm going to be relying on a lot of sources, which I'll also be including in the online biography for you to check out. Included alongside Tesla's own writings and period newspapers and magazines will be the most prominent of the biographies of Tesla. The first of these, written in 1944, shortly after Tesla's death, is Prodigal Genius by John J. O'Neill. And as you'll quickly see throughout the course of this podcast, this is not exactly a work of dispassionate journalism and is in fact a deeply problematic book. 
It has all the hallmarks of having been written quickly. It is riddled with errors, contradictions, inconsistencies, and provides no endnotes or citations to document its claims. O'Neill was an acquaintance of Tesla in his later years, although how well the two knew each other is a subject of debate. And many of the events in the book essentially begin with O'Neill saying something to the effect of, So one time Tesla told me that. As will become abundantly clear in the course of this series, I'm skeptical of many claims that O'Neill makes, which paint Tesla as marked for greatness, or a Superman, a word which, no fooling, appears 38 times throughout the book in reference to Tesla. Yeah, yeah, I counted. Half of these appear in O'Neill's introduction to the first chapter, before we even get to Tesla being born. You see what I mean about the need for skepticism? It is O'Neill's purpose in the book to deify Nikola Tesla. This naturally colors O'Neill's portrayal of him. I think Tesla himself would have been shocked to see how he is depicted in the book, and it wouldn't surprise me to find that O'Neill had put words in Tesla's mouth. And even if Tesla did claim all the things attributed to him in the text, like his famous earthquake machine, given his mental state in later life, O'Neill, who was a journalist and co-winner of a Pulitzer Prize, should have known better and taken such claims with a healthy dose of skepticism. Prodigal genius is Tesla biography's original sin, as it's where most of the myths about Tesla first appear, and these supposed facts from O'Neill's book then make their way into just about every subsequent Tesla biography, oftentimes unquestioned. Examples include Margaret Cheney's book Tesla, Man Out of Time, the follow-up PBS documentary she was involved with, various History Channel shows, and Matthew Inman's webcomic The Oatmeal, which I mentioned earlier. And beyond his biographers, even the Tesla Museum in Belgrade is guilty of protecting the myth of Tesla, Superman of Science. Tesla is a national hero in Serbia, and is even on their 100 dinar bill. Savak Asanovich, Tesla's nephew and the first Yugoslavian ambassador to the United States, was also the man most responsible for creating the Tesla Museum, so yeah. When Tesla's notebooks from his 1899 to 1900 stay in Colorado Springs were discovered in the 1950s, the museum actively sought to suppress their publication for over 20 years, because they disproved O'Neill's claim that Tesla never needed to write things down or work things out on paper due to his genius. The best thing we can do, I think, to truly try and understand the man, his inventions, and their contribution to modern life, is to strip away this myth-making, both by Tesla and by others, and try to assess who he really was, what he tried to accomplish, and how successful he was in reality. So, that's my thinking, and my plan as I set out on this, my first foray into podcasting. We'll have to see at the end where we come to. Maybe it will be somewhere quite different from where we started. Whatever happens, I think it will be an interesting and exciting journey. I hope you'll come with me, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephen Cottowich.